0: Um, and and let him speak to our hearts, okay? So that's what we're going to be doing. So let's pray. Let's pray and we'll get to the word of God. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for what you've done already through worship, through observing um, your work on the cross. Lord, we thank you for what you've done. I thank you for encouraging us. Holy Spirit, as we get into the word, I pray right now that you would speak to the heart and the soul of every single person, in this room. May we give you our undivided attention. May we not walk out the same way that we walked in, but as we learned last week, Lord, let us learn from the Israelites, Lord, for when they heard the message, they didn't combine it with faith, and therefore they wandered in the desert. Oh God, we don't want to wander around in the desert. We want to accept your word. We want to believe your word, and we want to apply your word. So that we can live in freedom. Lord, bless the time that we'll have together. Holy Spirit, use me as your vessel to communicate your truth. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Let's get into the Word of God. Um, I don't know if you remember, but last year I began a series called Kingdom Culture, um, and it was a a powerful uh, reminder for me to know that Uh, you know, we're not just simply followers of Jesus, but there's a profound thing that takes place when we we decide to say yes to the king of kings. We learned about what the kingdom of God is. Uh, I want to remind you that I talked about the kingdom of God being the number one subject that Jesus spoke about more than any other thing that he addressed. So for us, we must know, if Jesus spoke about it more than any other subject, we must know that there is something significant that we need to understand about what the kingdom of God is. I want us to go to Colossians chapter 1 verse 13 so I can lay a a quick foundation before I go to today's message. This is what Paul said. He has delivered us, this is talking about Christ, from the domain or the kingdom of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. So when we uh, are believers of Christ, when we believe by faith in what Jesus has done, we are transferred from one kingdom all the way to another kingdom, to the kingdom of God. You know, when we enter the realm of earthly kingdoms, I want you to hear me very carefully. This will really liberate you and set you free when you understand this truth. When you enter the realm of an earthly kingdom, everything changes about you. You know, I was talking with Arsema this week and we're catching up and she was sharing with me about Dubai and the people of Dubai and how they live. And in Dubai, one thing that she mentioned which really uh, struck me is that the citizens of Dubai, none of them, Work just ordinary jobs. They don't do cleaning jobs, uh, jobs like you know labor-intensive work that is beneath them. The people of Dubai, all of them, all of the the true citizens of Dubai, they only do governmental jobs. So only jobs with positions and all of these things. So, uh, so because they're part of that kingdom of Dubai, their entire life is impacted by the rules, the laws. The way of life that governs that particular nation or that particular kingdom in the same way when we come to australia we are submitting to the laws of the land so whether you like it or not there is a certain system there is a certain a certain way of life that australia is governed by and in order for us to participate in this government we have to live by the laws of the land and if we don't obey the laws of the land we know what happens you know, I want you to think about the kingdom of God in exactly the same way. When we are transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of His Son, we are impacted by the laws, by the rules, by the principles that govern the kingdom of God. So we are part of God's kingdom, but we're here on earth. That is the, that is the tension of the Christian life. We're living here on earth and we're part of whatever nation we're part of, we're part of its governmental system, but God has made it so that his people, his church can live in the kingdom of God, in the way of the kingdom, wherever they may be. So it is vital that we understand how, what it means to be part of God's kingdom. We live our lives by the keys of the kingdom of God. I don't live my life by the rules of society. I don't live my life by the popular opinion of society, if I did that, I will shift with every society that I'm a part of. But what makes the kingdom of God so powerful, whether the followers of Jesus 2,000 years ago were living in a certain way, whether we're here 2,000 years later, we are living by the same principles. We are living by the same laws because we are under the kingdom of God and the government system of his kingdom, Jesus being our Lord and Savior. So when we understand the keys of the kingdom of God are given to us. When we understand his word, we know how to apply it in our work, in our marriages, in our relationships, in the business. I'm telling you in everything that we do. You know, recently I discovered uh, Colonel Sanders, KFC's owner, uh, founder, was, uh, he came to Christ at the age of 77. He found Jesus, and I found this story I shared on my, pay, on my Facebook page. But he found Jesus, and he speaks about the salvation, the preciousness of the salvation that he had in Christ. Hundreds of thousands of uh, outlets or franchises of his business, KFC. But he is a man that came to know Jesus at a late age, and he thanks God that he had mercy on him. He said, many died at the age of 60, many died at the age of 50, but God had mercy on me and brought salvation at an old age. So he lived the remainder of his life, making his business work for the kingdom of God. He took many children uh, that didn't have the opportunity to go to, to study in universities. He paid for their colleges. He gave away many of his businesses to charity, the Salvation Army work. He supported it all because he went into the kingdom of God. And the way that he had an outlook in everything that he does transformed his life forevermore. In my last sermon on the kingdom culture, we learned about the key that holds everything together in the kingdom of God. That was the key of love. Jesus said when we understand loving God, loving our neighbor, it transforms everything else comes under it. So we talked about that. But today I want to look at the key of honor in the kingdom of God. What is honor in the kingdom of God? At Revive, you may go across the corridor and see the different posts that are up there. They're the pillars that that we stand in in our culture, the culture that we want to see in amongst the people of God. And one of them is honor. And this is what we wrote as a statement about, about honor. Honor is the culture that we strive for. Honor for God, honor for his kingdom, and honor for his people. The dictionary defines honor as this, high respect or great esteem. The Hebrew word for honor is kabod. Very similar to the Amaric word kabbad. Yeah? Kabbalah, is that the correct way to say it? Which means heaviness, okay? Which means heavy, weighty glory. That's the Hebrew original word for honor. The word honor actually means to esteem at the highest level or to add weight to. It comes from the time when people would weigh shekels, which were coins. They would weigh these coins to, to determine their value. So the heavier the coin was, the more value it had. And so it is with honor. The more you put value on something, the more weight it has in your life. So when we honor someone or something, we're giving it weight or deep respect. That's what I wanna talk to you about today. What does it mean to honor God in the way that God wants us to honor Him? What does it mean to honor others? We'll talk about those two things and finish up. This message, I believe, will transform your life if you combine it with faith and apply it as we learned last week. Last week's message is a pillar to hearing the Word of God. When we hear the Word of God, don't let this be another sermon that you have in your archive. Let this be a sermon that you take, apply, and allow it to transform your heart, which will then manifest in your behavior and your actions. So what does it mean to honor God? Let's go quickly to 1 Timothy 1:17 1, because we need to lay a strong foundation. Now to the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. So God has a glory an honor, a respect that only belongs to him that is not shared with any other man. Let's go to John chapter 5 verse 23. This is so important. Jesus said this, that all may honour the Son just as they honour the Father. Whoever does not honour the Son, Jesus is referring to himself, does not honour the Father who sent him. The first thing that we need to remember is that the honour that belongs to God as the creator of the universe, the author of salvation, does not compare to the honour that we have for other people. Just like loving God is far superior than loving others, remember that, we talked about that. Jesus said the first important commandment in the kingdom of God is love, loving God with all of your heart, with all of your might, with all of your strength. And the second is like it. So loving God cannot match with loving other people. We love God and we set Him apart as as Lord above every other person. In the same way, the honour that we give to God does not compare with the honour that we give to others. In the John passage that we read, Jesus is dealing with the Jewish people who are accusing Him of blasphemy because Jesus is saying statements like, you know, the, the, the honour that belongs to me belongs to the Father. Honour me as you honour the Father. In essence, Jesus is claiming to be equal with the Father. Jesus is claiming to have the same degree, level of honor. That's why he outraged them because human beings do not have the same level of honor as God. But Jesus made himself equal with God. I've been in amazing dialogue with my Muslim friends for a couple of, actually since November last year on the phone. Every couple of weeks we gather and we go through the Bible, four or five hour conversations. It's been an amazing time. And I'm showing them the deity of God, that God, that Jesus, sorry, was not just man, but he was also fully God. And this is one of the sections that talks about this. Jesus says, honor the son just as you honor the father. He's saying, I have the same honor and glory as the father. Jesus turns the tables around and shows them that they are the ones blaspheming the father by rejecting the son. Jesus says that all may honor the son as they honor the father. Jesus alone can say such a thing because he's not just human, but he's also God. The honor that belongs to the father can only belong to the Godhead. So that's the first principle that I want to establish. But how do we honor God? How do we esteem him with the highest regard? How do we give weight to him in our lives? I will show you three ways that we can honor God with in, in our lives. Number one, we honor God with our inner self. What do you mean by this, Yo-Yo? Matthew 15, verse 7 to 9. Quickly. You hypocrites. Jesus is speaking. Do you know why I love about Jesus? He speaks to these people that seem to have it all together. He speaks on a level that they can never, they never thought that they would be exposed in. Because Jesus didn't see the clothing of religious long robes that they wore. He didn't see the front seats that they had in the synagogue. He didn't see the ability to teach. He didn't see the expertise in the law. He saw the condition of their heart. And he says, you hypocrites. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. Listen to what he said. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human teachings, human rules. So the first thing that we need to know, how do we honor God? We honor God not just with lip service, we honor God with our hearts. Simply saying you honor God with your mouth is not honoring Him. Anyone can say, I love God. I have high respect for him. I love God. I want, I live for him. Anyone can say that with your mouth. But what God is concerned about, the way that we honor him, is we first give him our hearts. The inner self that no one else can see except you and your creator. God is saying, my child, give me all of you. So to simply say, God is valuable to me and not truly surrender to him is not to honor him. That is what we learned from the Israelites. That's why Isaiah prophesied about the Israelites. They honored God with their lips. They they honored God by their religious uh, proclamations, but they dishonored his word by living the way that they wanted. They dishonored him by treating others with contempt. So God was saying to the Israelites, these people just honor me with their lips. They gather, they sing songs. They gather, they, they do all of these religious activities, but their hearts are far from me. And Jesus is saying to the Pharisees and the teachers of the law that their outward religious conformity is useless if their hearts are far from him. Their worship is in vain. So we honor God by giving him our hearts. That is authentically living in a relationship with him. More than anything else, what God wants from you and I is to know Him relationally, to walk with Him daily, to walk with Him in our lives. That is honor for God. So we honor God, number one, by giving Him our hearts and not just lip service. Number two, we honor God with our outer self, <laughs> with our outer self. So let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. We honor God with our physical bodies. The first point was with our hearts, our inner self. This is something that you and God only know. You know, when someone, I sit down with someone and they tell me, this is my heart, this is, this is my passion, This I believe them for face value because I can't see inside of them. When someone says, my motive was this, I take face value what they're saying. But God knows a level that no human being can know. So we honor Him with our inner self, but we honor Him also with our physical bodies. He, Paul, is saying to the Corinthians to honour God with their bodies who are practising sexual promiscuity. They were going around, they were sleeping around, all these things, and he's saying, don't you know you are temple of the living God? So honour God with your bodies because you were bought with a price. There's even a dangerous teaching in the time of Paul by the Gnostics. They were teaching that your body, what you do in your body, so whatever uh, action that you do with your body is not sinful because your spirit is what is saved. Your spirit is what goes to eternal life. So your body is going to remain here. Your body is really evil. So what you do with your body is is not, it doesn't matter to God. Paul was fighting teachings like that, that detached the human body from the human soul and the human spirit. But we have to know that God wants us to worship him, not just with our inner self, but with our bodies. Paul teaches us in Romans that our bodies are instruments of righteousness and not wickedness. Paul said, in your former way of life, you used to give over your bodies to whatever indulgences that you pleased. Whatever your body wanted to do, whatever your body wanted to desire, you gave over to those things and you were instruments of that. But now, be instruments of God. Anyone have a pen? Anyone have a pen that I can quickly grab off you to, yeah, throw it down. Just throw it. i am a good catcher i did not see that but i just i just opened my hands and hope for the best all right this pen can be held in someone's hand and it can be an instrument of good i can use this pen to jot down ideas that can transform the world with this same pen someone in england a young man murdered a woman with the same pen So this can be an instrument for righteousness. It can be an instrument for wickedness. So Paul is saying, let your body now be submitted to God and let him use your body to advance his kingdom and for the things that are righteous rather than wickedness. Before you knew him, you gave yourself over to those things. Now give yourself to God. I'm going to quickly chuck it back. I'm going to roll it so I'm not poking someone in the eye. Um, So that is the idea so we are to give God honor by not giving him, by giving him, sorry, our bodies, sorry, we are to give God honor by not giving our bodies over to wicked deeds, but rather using our body to be instruments of righteousness. When I, you and I pray for our daughters, we lay hands on them and we pray, God, make them instruments of righteousness. Make their lips instruments of righteousness, that they will not be used to, to condemn others, to put others down, to tease others in school, but let them be instruments of righteousness. Make their lips honor you, Lord, by showing the best in people, by blessing others and not cursing them. Lord, we lay our hands on their, on, on their hands. We say, Lord, let these hands be used of you, Lord. Let them be instruments of righteousness. Take, we lay hands on their feet. Lord, may these feet go in places where you're leading them and keep them from evil, Lord. Our body can be used by God just as much as our inner hearts can be used by Him. So we worship God by giving Him our bodies. Number three, we honor God with our resources. Proverbs 3, 9, Proverbs 3, 9. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. We give value to God by honoring Him with our resources. What we have at our disposal Jesus said it like this, to, for where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. Not where your heart is, your treasure will be. No, no, trace your treasure, there you will find the thing that you value most. So we can use our wealth and possessions to honor God by investing in his kingdom. Let me give you a quick illustration. You know, there are many of us, including myself, who are exploring investment opportunities. We are, ex- we are hunting for the next big thing to invest in. When we research something to invest, I don't know about you, at least me, we look for what has value. What is the purpose of me investing in this thing if I don't believe in it, if I don't give this weight of value? And we got, gladly give our hardworking resources in the hopes that it will return to us with profit. But what we fail to understand is that investing in the kingdom of God has far greater values or returns than investing in things of the earth. Many miss this key of honoring God with their wealth. It is, if the kingdom of God is valuable to me, I will invest in it, simply put. (laughs) If I value the kingdom of God, if I value His, His, his ways, I will invest in it with every resource that I have. I mean, to throw thousands of dollars in investments that are so volatile that we could lose it in any given day, but we don't want to invest in advancing God's work, we really need to see, God, where is my heart? Am I honoring you with my resources? Am I honoring you with things that I have at my disposal? In Malachi, I think it brings a clarity to this particular truth. Malachi chapter 1, verses 6 to 8. Listen to what God said. A son honours his father and a slave his master. If I am a father, where is the honour due to me? God is challenging the priest about honour. Where is the honour that is due to me? If I am a master, where is the respect due to me? Says the Lord Almighty. If you priests who show contempt for my name, it is you priests who show contempt for my name, but you ask, how have we shown contempt for your name? by offering defiled food on my altar but you ask how have we defiled you by saying that the lord's table is uh, contemptible verse 8 when you offer blind animals for sacrifice is that not wrong when you sacrifice lame or diseased animals is that not wrong listen this is this is the part that i just just i was blown away listen to what god said try offering them to your governor. Would he be pleased with you? Would he accept you, says the Lord Almighty? This is a profound thing what God is saying through his prophet Malachi. God is bringing a charge against the priest for their dishonor toward him. And the priests are like acting clueless. How are we dishonoring you? We're bringing your sacrifices. We're doing our duties. And God says to them, you're giving me defiled offerings. You're giving me your your leftovers when I ask for your very best. You're giving me your crumbs when I ask for the first fruit. And God says to them, you have def- you're giving me defiled offerings. They were giving God what they would not give, check this out, to their governors. That was the challenge of God. Whatever you're giving me, try giving that to your human fellow governor. Would he accept your offering? How true is this church? We often give God what we won't give to others think about it. Do we give God the best of our time, the best of our service, the best of our resource? I remember a couple of years ago, I was invited with pastor to this uh, ceremony where the Ethiopian consulate was sworn in, in Melbourne that is. And when we got the invitation, the letter, <laughs> the letter of the invitation had a dress code. The name of the dress code, I had to Google it because I'd never heard of that word before. But apparently, it's a very highly formal event. So I had to find a highly formal outfit to match the event. Anyways, it's in the middle of the city. We enter into the place. They're all superiors, governors, and all these wearing fancy things. I felt so out of place. And I'm there, and and all of this honor, all of these high, excellent things, even the food that was going around, they're all finger food. I've never seen food like that in my life. I kid you not, I had no idea what, the, what it was, but I was hungry. So whatever they brought, yep, I just pick it up and I eat it. And I picked up this one thing, and, and it, looks, it looked good. It had like a, a soft covering on top of it. It looked delicious. Everything I've ate so far was delicious. So I pick it up, I eat it, and I just feel something mushy. I'm like, oh, it's not pleasant, but I just ate it. And then Pastor Zalala comes to me, and he's like, Pastor, yo, yo, there is one thing. Do not touch it. <laughs> and I said, Pastor, what do you mean? Man, they told me it is a snail. <laughs> Can you believe I ate a snail? I had no idea what I was eating, but it's so fancy that they're even giving snails in, in decorative ways. What I wanna give you as an example of this is we give so much excellence even to human, human officials, to human governors. We honor them in such a high way to the point that I had to, I had to be dictated what I could wear in that event. I cannot step into the place if I did not fulfill very strict. The dress code was very strict. And when you go there, there is such just honor. You just feel like you're among people of influence. But we give God our very least. Even when we serve him, we give him our leftover time. We give him our leftover crumbs. We come to church whenever we feel like, whatever time we feel like. At that event, I couldn't be one minute late. (laughs) If I was one minute late, the entrance is closed. My challenge for us is are we honoring God with the best of our resources? So we honor God by giving him the best of our resources because God deserves the best of what we have. If an earthly official, an earthly consulate gets all of this honor (laughs) just by being sworn in, how much more the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, Church, I want to challenge us to, to, to foster in a culture of honour in our church. The second element of this, and I finish on this, so we know what it means to honour God. Basically, we honour Him with everything. We honour Him with our inner self, with our outer self, with our resources. Basically, we honour Him with everything that we have. Now, you can add to those lists, but I chose those three things because that covers everything that we do. Secondly, so what does it mean then to honour one another? Now we'll explore what it means to honor others and I'll use two stories and we'll finish with this. Luke chapter 4 verse 22 to 27 and then Matthew 13:53 to 58. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. Jesus just in the synagogue he just read Isaiah scroll and he said this prophecy is regarding me and they were amazed at his teaching as soon as they heard it listen to what came out of their lips wait a minute, isn't this Joseph's son? They asked. Jesus said to them, surely you will quote this proverb to me. Physician, heal yourself and you will tell me, do here in your hometown what we have heard you do in Capernaum. Truly I tell you, he continued, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. This next section blew me away. I assure you that there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's time when the sky was shut for three and a half years and there was a severe famine throughout the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to any of them but to a widow in Zarephath in the region of Sidon or Sidon. And there were many in Israel with leprosy in the time of Elisha the prophet yet none of them were cleansed. Only Naaman, the Syrian. Let's go to Matthew chapter 13, verse 53 to 58. When Jesus had finished these parables, he moved on from there. Coming to his hometown, he began teaching the people in the synagogue and they were amazed. They were amazed at his teaching. They've never heard teaching like that. Where did this man get this wisdom and miraculous powers? They asked. <laughs> Check this out. Wait a minute. Isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't his mother's name Mary? And aren't his brothers James, Joseph, Simon and Judas? Aren't all his sisters with us? When then did this man get all these things? And they took offense at him. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own hometown and in his own home. And he did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. Let me just correct something in the last point. Jesus did not do many miracles because he couldn't. It's just that he wouldn't. No human person can limit what Jesus can and cannot do. But Jesus wouldn't do any miracles there because the exchange currency of heaven is faith. Jesus in his own hometown where he grew up, he then began teaching in the synagogue of his own town. All the people were amazed at his teaching and they were also amazed at the stories that they had heard of the miracles that he had been doing. But something significant happens in these passages. They begin to ask themselves, Isn't this the carpenter's son? We know his family and siblings. He grew up with us, for goodness sake. They didn't honor who Jesus was, but they despised him because they were familiar with him. Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own hometown and in his own people. This is what our modern day saying, familiarity breeds contempt. Contempt, the dictionary definition is simply the feeling that a person or a thing is worthless or beneath consideration. Or it is a disregard for something that should be considered. Or a third of a definition is the offense of being disobedient to or disrespectful of a court of law and its officers. Have you ever heard the judge saying arrest that person for contempt of court? Have you ever heard that in a in a show you'd watch or something? Basically, if you're in the courtroom and you become rude to the judge, they can arrest you literally for being disrespectful to the court. So that is what. The the people did. They disregarded who Jesus was because they were so familiar with him. In Luke's account, we read something so powerful. In Luke's account, he tells us that in the time of Elijah, there were many widows. There were many people hungry in Israel where Elijah is from, but none of them received their breakthrough. None of them received the miracle. Why? They were familiar with Elijah they didn't receive the grace that God had upon him. What did that do? It caused them to miss out on the blessing and favor of God. So what did God do? He sent him to a widow in Sidon, a Gentile woman, to receive her breakthrough and a miracle. And then he says in the time of Elisha, there were many leprous, a disease that is so, so uh, controlling of your life. There were many rep- leprous in Israel, but none of them were healed. Why? Because they didn't honor the person that God had given them. What did they what did God do? He sent him over to Naaman the Syrian, another gentile, to receive his healing. The point Jesus is making is powerful. There were people in Israel that needed a breakthrough, but they missed out because of not receiving the people that God had given them. There were many people in Jesus's hometown that needed a miracle, but only a few received one, because they dishonored Christ. When Matthew, Matthew says that Jesus did not do any miracles because he didn't want to do miracles to people that dishonored him. There are many of us who say, Oh, yo, yo, I wish a prophet such and such came to Australia and he laid his hand on me and he prophesied and I claimed it and I put it in my life. Then I'll be transformed. You'll be wondering and waiting for the rest of your life. If we get the key of honor today, we will honor the people in our lives that God has placed. When we honor those in our lives, we'll receive the treasures that they carry. This is why Paul said in Romans chapter twelve ten, honor one another above yourselves. When we stop despising the people we know and give honor to them, we receive from them. Young people, middle-aged people old people, whoever you are in this room, I want you to know the key of honor in the kingdom of God. God instructs us to honor our father and mother. Young people, it's not cool to dishonor your parents, as I thought when I was a young person. It's not, that's the the conformity of the world. No, the Bible instructs us the key of honor. Your blessing is connected in the person whom you honor. When you honor your mom and dad, the Bible says that you'll have longevity in your life. The Bible instructs us to honor our employers. We don't don't act like the world and, and talk smack about our employers and our work colleagues. No, if we learn the key of honor, it will bring transformation to our lives. The Bible tells us to honor our spouse. When we honor what our spouse, who our spouse is, we get the blessing of what they carry. You know, church, it is easy to be so familiar with those we know best, but the blessing is found in honoring them. My prayer is that we learn to accept and honor one another, that we would understand that the person sitting on the left and the right of me is valuable. When you add weight to them, when you give them the honor that God wants you to give a human being, you would receive from them. So I want you to have that in your mind that God has called me to honor him primarily and I honor those that are in my life that every person in this room is valuable. Don't look at the outward appearance. Don't look at the age. Don't look at the gender. Don't look at the educational status. Look at the value that God places in them. Look at the worth that they have in God. And when you honor that person, that miracle you've been crying for, God is is making that miracle sit right next to you. When I honor my brother Jacob, whatever God has on him, I receive. But when I dishonor him, I can be crying, God, bring, bring this person from, from this and that and that will bless me. That. And God is saying, I put him right next to you, but you're despising my blessing. God does not operate in dishonor. He operates in an atmosphere of honor. This is the kingdom of God key. And I want you to understand it today. I want to just give one passage because it's confusion and a lot of people misunderstand it. 1 Timothy 5.17. I want to clarify something here the elders who direct the affairs of the church are worthy of double honor, especially those who work in preaching and teaching. I've heard this passage be used by ministers to say, basically, you submit to me and you do as I say, because I get double. I'm an I'm a anointed person and, and, I, and I'm a double of the person that you are. <laughs> I, just, I just crack up. Like, You know those people that have their photos behind in the background when they're preaching? Those are the kind of people that will use this passage for that. That's not what Paul is instructing us here. I want you to get this instruction clearly. Paul tells Timothy that elders who direct the affairs of the church are worthy of double honour, especially those in the work of preaching and teaching. The reason for this, I studied it in many places. I don't know why they didn't bring this up, but this is so clear in the plain reading of the text. The reason for this, my friends, is because you will only receive from whom you honour. So do you know why God's saying those preach and teach, honor them, give them honor and respect? It's not because they're better people, but he's saying, I don't want you to miss on my word. Do not sit down and miss out on my word that can liberate you. You can sit down in the crowd and forget about me. I won't use me as an example because I don't want you to think anything else. Let's just say someone who's, who's preaching on this platform and you know you know them really well. You know they you know you go into the house I mean you know them really well. You sit there in the crowd and you listen to them and you don't give them honor. What you are saying in essence, I will not receive for whatever you have for me. Forget about me, Jesus. The preacher above all preachers, the teacher above all teachers, the healer, the miraculous worker, he goes to his own hometown. They dishonor, make them miss out on the miracle that he was carrying. So my friends, I'm begging you to learn this key of honor. It's not about being better. It's about receiving the word of God that transforms us. That's why he said, honor those who lead you. Don't make their work hard. Why? Because they're working for your soul. You know, when we dishonor God or others in our life, we are the ones who miss out, not not them. Okay, as we finish up, this is what I want you to know. When you dishonor God or when you dishonor others, You are the one that misses out on what God can do through them in your life. May this key of honor change the way we accept one another. Let us not be like the people of Israel at at Elijah and Elisha's time. Let us not be like the people of Jesus in his hometown, but let us honor God with everything we are and honor one another above ourselves. Let's pray. Hallelujah. I don't know what God is doing in your heart, but some of you, It's a time where you make a decision. God doesn't want you to honor him with your lips when your heart is far from him. God is saying, my child, come to me. Honor me truly from within. Honor me with your life. Honor me with your resources. We need to give God the weight that he deserves the respect he deserves. He wants all of our life to honor him, not detached segments of our our lives. But God wants you to honor him with everything that you have and everything that you are. And secondly, my prayer is that God will begin to help us to honor one another. You know, when we despise one another, we're despising the blood-bought believer of Christ. If you have issues against your brother and sister, Resolve it today. Don't let it just be a message that you hear. Resolve it. Catch up with them this week. Hey, bro, hey, sister, I've held this against you. But God wants me to be set free. God wants me to receive what what is on your life. And I don't want to dishonor him by dishonoring you. It's not worth it, my friend. What's the point when someone passes away? It's too late. What's the point of then reminiscing and, and wishing this, this and that? No, today, when you have today, let's make a decision to follow him wholeheartedly. Let's learn how to live as, ki- as, as children in the kingdom of God. Yes, we are in this world, but we're not of this world. Paul said, I am just passing by. I live in a tent in this world. We govern our life not by the rules of the law or the law of the land we we govern our lives by the rules and the laws of god and one of god's instructions is to honor the rules of the land so everything that we do is filtered through kingdom principle so my heart is that we understand honor that we truly get it and we exercise it i'm telling you honor the person in your life that god has given you don't look outside honor the people that god has given you it's easy to honor someone else that's outside But don't be familiar with the person that you know well because God's blessing is attached to them. Heavenly Father, I pray that in the name of Jesus, some of you need to open your eyes and honor the people in your life because your your husband and wife is there. (laughs) I said it. Your husband and wife is, is sitting right next to you, some of you. But you say, oh, he's like a brother to me. I know him too well. No, it doesn't work like that. Honor the people that God has placed in your life. I'm telling you, this is the the work of the kingdom of God. This is the honor key. Let us not despise those that are in our life, our siblings, our parents, our best mates. Let's not despise one another. Heavenly Father, help us, we pray. Hallelujah. Help us, we pray. Help help every single one of us. We want to honor you, your kingdom, and your people. Help us to honor one another above ourselves, Lord. Help us to get this key of honor, Lord, so so that we may receive from the people that you've placed in our life. Lord, whatever barriers are there, Lord, that hinder us from honoring, right now I pray in Jesus' name that they may break, that they may be um, removed, Lord, because we want to live a life of honor, Lord. We don't want to miss out on the blessings and miracles that you have prepared for us, but help us to see the value in others and the value that we have in you. Lord, we put this week before you. Blessed we pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Awesome, awesome. Thank you so much, guys. God bless you. I hope you were receiving this word next week, Vision Sunday. Make sure I see you there, okay? God bless.